welcome to the Making of an Exception podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired, to gain new perspective on life, or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field they find themselves in. Each week, we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule. The fact that they've gone through what they've gone through, walked through the challenges and pain that they have, and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception. Our goal is that you'd hear this story today and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. and you're listening to the making of an exception podcast and today we've got jj schuster what's up dude hey thanks for being here uh jj uh you are a videographer uh harvest film co harvest film company and your husband soon to be father yes your first first child yep first one stoked I'm so stoked. It's, it's it's any day now. It's like overdue, literally. Three As days this overdue. podcast comes out, you've probably already had the baby. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, I should I should hope she's, so. She's overdue right now. <laughs> she's overdue, yeah. So, I mean, As I could speak. get a text during this recording and I'll be out the door. So, if no. it's a short podcast, you know why. <laughs> You're having a baby, dude. It's amazing. And boy or girl? Girl. Yeah. Baby girl. Yeah. I, um... I didn't know what to expect, boy or girl, but we're having a girl and I'm so excited. I have a three-year-old daughter and then a baby on the way as well. Yeah. Uh, my wife's at this point seven months pregnant and girls are amazing. So yes. you only get so many shots at it. So I feel like the next one, I'm like, I, like I'm like i hoping for a boy. I yeah. feel bad saying that. I, I, either way, it's great. Yeah. But like the third one, it's like. I can't have 12 children. So like, yeah, I mean, you could I would love to have a wife. <laughs> you could, people do it, but <laughs> somebody, not, somebody out there not for sure. Not, not for me. But. My wife is not for, for 12 children. It's <laughs> yeah. just not going to happen. So, um, man, that's awesome. So about to be a dad, uh, your videographer and, uh, man, I love hearing a little bit of your story and, uh, some of your upbringing stuff. And so thanks so much for being here today. Yeah. Uh, this would be honored to be here. I mean, the caliber of people you've had on here already, um, just honored to be here. I, well, uh, you and I were just talking and you know, you know, the first two people that were on here, Bethany Schrock and, and Perry as well. So yeah, yeah. Bethany shot our wedding. Um, she's amazing. And then Perry and Mariah, we've kind of gotten close to recently. We we're kind of due. our babies are due around the same time. We just both bought a house at the same time. So we share a lot of living the same life. Yeah. The, yeah. You bought the, you co-bought the house. It's the same house. You're living family. You're living together. Oh, no, I'm just yeah, kidding. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, it's a duplex. We, uh, it's duplex. Yeah, left and the right. Same life. <laughs> Perry, quiet down. No, it's awesome. Uh, man, I'd, l- I'd love to hear a little bit more of who you are now today. I, j- I mean, I just said husband and father and yeah. videographer, but uh, maybe just talk about Harvest Film Co. Uh, and anything else that you're doing right now that you're focused on. Yeah. Building awesome. cribs. Yeah. So, my name is JJ, yeah. Jeremiah James. Yeah, so J-A-Y dash J. Yeah, I uh, made that decision in middle school to spell it that way. Yeah, it was so cool. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, you Jay-Z, know, JJ, bro. Everyone just like got away with writing two J's. And I was like, you know, that's too easy. Like it has to be, you know, like Jay-Z. So made yeah. that decision in middle school and it stuck. <laughs> the, but it, that's not on your driver's license or anything like that. No, it's not a legal that's name. not my legal name, no. I, I have a buddy, his name's Zach. And growing up, he started spelling his name Z A K just because he okay. wanted to. Yeah. But it was Z A C H. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he legally really did the whole name change. Like, Maybe I should look he into had, that. Yeah, he had, like he had put it his whole life like Z A K. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I it's not like I dislike Jeremiah or anything, but I just people called me J J. Jeremiah just Jones. James. James. Jeremiah James. Jones like a, a Western bit. movie. Yeah, Jones a bit. Jeremiah Indiana. James. Yeah. yeah. That's a sweet accent. <laughs> it's yeah, it's my uh, Western. I've practiced a lot. But. So JJ. <laughs> yeah. And Harvest Film Co. Yeah. So um, I grew up in Australia as a missionary's kid, but um, now I'm here in the States, married about a year, a uh, year and a half, uh, actually two years in July. Um, and then I bought Harvest Film Company about six months ago. Yeah. Um, I've been a part of the company for quite a while. But so you're working at the company and you just bought it out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Kind of. It was kind of a natural transition into that. Um, 
but I took ownership and I've just kind of been running with it. Um, I'm a filmmaker. We do like a ton of weddings, but um, we do commercial work as well. Um, I'm passionate about a wide range of work, really like short films. Um, you know, wedding videography is something I'm passionate about. And then, you know, like music videos is something that I love and no way. would love to get into a lot more than I have. But You've done a few music videos. I've done a couple of music videos, um, but I really want to like focus on that this year a little bit and dive into that a little more. But How does the music video work? I literally never thought about this. I mean, I've watched music yeah. videos, but if you were going to do it, you're, are you writing the story or what's going to play out? Like, yeah. I'm sure it can go a million different ways, but. Yeah. I mean, that's part of what's so amazing about music videos is that it's such like an open concept and you can go so many different yeah, yeah. directions. Um, but I mean, depending on the artist, the, the musician, you know, taking their vision and run with it. Sometimes they'll just be like, I need you to come up with ideas for me. Or yeah. they'll be like, I have this vision in my head and then you get to take that and like bring it to life. Um, but I, I love doing music videos because you can dream big. Like you can yeah. go in any direction really. Um, and get really conceptual and weird and artsy. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Different from like corporate stuff that they're like, yeah. hey, we need you to film these 80 videos for HR. And yeah, exactly. Just like I'm sure there's cool head. corporate stuff too. Yeah. We'll talk about that later yeah, too. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I'd love to hear about, so you said you're a missionary kid, um, grew up in Australia. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear like, what was that like? Were you born in Australia? What was like uh, life like growing up uh, family-wise, your parents and if you have siblings? Yeah. Um, so I was born in the States here, actually, southern Minnesota. Yep. Um, I was born in like a short window where my parents were back in the States because of their visa. Yeah. Um, but they went to Rama Bible College um, yep. and they were missionaries, you know, straight after that from the get go. Spent a lot of time in Guatemala. They yeah. Did. So, my older brother is adopted from Guatemala, which okay. is amazing. Yeah, so, my sister's we, adopted from there. Oh, really? Yeah. What if they're siblings? Whoa. This is crazy. <laughs> Whoa. Um, that would be awesome. But yeah, so, I mean, my story kind of begins before I was even, like, conceived, really, because my parents' story transitions into my story, really. But they, yeah. so before I was born, they were missionaries in Guatemala, where my brother was born. Um, and my sister was adopted there the day that she was born. Um, but they've got so many stories from there, but then they came back to the States for a while and then they went to Australia before I was even born. Yeah. And then they came back again for their visa. Yep. And that's when I was born in the States here. Um, so I was here for two years, first two years of my life. And then they moved back to Australia when I was two, um, just completely out of God's calling. They didn't know any, any cities or anything here, but they both kind of looked at a map separately in different rooms and found a place that they feel like God was calling them to. A map of Australia. Yeah, yeah. Where and they both came back in the same room, and at the same time they said the same city. No. And that's where they went. That's where they planted a church. Yeah, and was it Sydney? Like, it's like... No, it wasn't Sydney. Sydney. <laughs> no, it was a, a small city called Wagga Wagga. No, um, about five hours south. I've never heard of it. Wagga Wagga. Yeah, it, it sounds actually, like something from the Doodle Bops or something. Yeah. Like, sorry, that's that's the world I'm living in. I have a three year old daughter. <laughs> Watch hours of Doodle Bops every day. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. Um, it actually means place of many crows, which is no. wild. But are there a lot of crows? There's not. You know, so it's kind of a weird thing. But um, I don't know, maybe there was at some point, but there's not really anymore. There's crows, but I feel like it's the average like, amount of okay. crows. Uh, side note, when I was in college, I had to walk between buildings. This is downtown Minneapolis. Okay. Uh, I went to North Central University and we had to walk between the fine arts building and like the normal dorms where we lived. Yeah. And we had to walk through Elliott Park, which is downtown. And some somehow in the winter, there's like a million crows in this park and it is the scariest thing I've ever walked through They're my creepy. whole life. It's yeah, n probably not my whole life, but it's super creepy. Anyways, <laughs> I've seen an average amount of crows and I've also seen a place where it's like many crows place of many crows. So yeah. Wagga Wagga. <laughs> we're going to rename Elliot park. Yes. Um, awesome. so when you were two years old, you moved to Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So then, well, we didn't go to Wagga Wagga right away. They kind of got okay. connected to some churches in Sydney and um, Griffith, which is like a 
a city that's not too far from Sydney, but yeah. Um, so yeah, they got got connected to churches and then eventually, you know, followed their calling and went to Wagga. Um, long story short, they planted a church there. Um, and then we stayed there for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, so I grew up a pastor's kid, but also a missions kid. So they did a like, while our entire life was a missions trip. Yeah. Um, we also did like other missions trips during as well. So I didn't realize, you know, growing up, but I was so blessed to experience so much of the world Yeah. in the first, you know, 18 years of my life. So before you're 18, what are some of the other places that you traveled? Yeah. So, I mean, we went, um, well, we would come back to the States and travel all over the States, but then we went to like a bunch of Island countries around Australia, um, Vanuatu, Fiji, yep. um, to some like small villages and things there. Um, but we have been all over. We went to Germany, um, Thailand, uh, you know, I've more recently been to Costa Rica and Mexico, um, trying to think we went a few places in Europe, but yeah, you've seen, you've seen a ton of the world yeah, and like a ton of the coolest cities yeah. around the world. Did yeah. You, yeah. Did you grow up thinking, I mean, you said it wasn't until later you realized like how blessed you were to be able to do that. But did you grow up thinking, man, this is crazy that this is my life. Like, I mean, most people in your situation are born in Southern Minnesota and they live there their entire lives, you know, yet you're flying around the world. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think much of it, which is the weird thing. And I think that has a lot to do um, with my faith base was it, yeah. it was just like, it was just an automatic thing that, yeah, we were going to go into the world and do God's work and meet people and, you know, experience the world. And it just became such a natural thing that like, if ever we were faced with opposition, it would just be like, uh, you know, I'd shrug my shoulders, be like, oh, it's fine. We'll it's go. Yeah, It'll work we'll out. It. And it always did, like through miracles and God provided and we would go and great things would happen. But that's amazing that you were raised with parents that are living like in faith. Like it's, it's scary. To, I, I think about it like, I again, I've got baby on the way and a three-year-old daughter, but like I can't imagine saying, yep, we're going to. We're going to leave everything and move across the planet. But that's the family you were raised in is a family yeah. that's like, yeah, well, if that's what God's calling us to do, we're going to do it. Did you feel, did you like growing up as a pastor's kid, missionary kid, did you feel any level of advantage in life or disadvantage in life? I've, I've met missionary kids and, um, and, and I would say there's, there's some of them that are like, man, I I'm like, a, I've heard this term before, like I'm a third culture kid in the sense that I'm not from America. Like I don't live in America, even though that's where my family's originally from. I'm also not from, in your case, Australia. So I'm not Australian. So I feel like I don't have a culture to really fit into. Is that, did you, did you grow up thinking like I'm, I'm on my own or did you grow up thinking like, man, I, I love that this is my life. Yeah. I, th I loved it. I mean, um, I think I had a good balance of, well, I'll say this lightly, but you know, my dad, my parents were like, you know, very faithful people, but they're not the kind of people that are like oversaved in a sense, like yeah, yeah. they don't. So I had a good balance of like, you know, what the world actually is, but you know, living like Jesus in that world, yeah. um, um, and just, you know, taking that knowledge to the world. So I don't feel like I was like sheltered or anything, but I still got that experience of, you know, what it looks like, um, to be a follower of Christ, like in the world. Yeah. Um, so I walked away with a very positive experience when I say walked away. I mean, I grew, grew up and went and took on my own life, but yeah. 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 It, what I'm hearing you say is that you felt, you felt like, whatever culture or whatever room you found yourself in, you, you grew up with an awareness of, of faith in Jesus and protection and great family. And that's great. Yeah. Not sheltered, but also th to be able to experience 
hey, our job is to be light in the dark and we, we live in this world. And so even at a young age, as a kid, you're going to live in that world and have to be able to be comfortable in those settings and be in light in the dark. Because, um, yeah, yeah I, I'm a pastor's kid, so I grew up and I've, I've known other pastor's kids growing up. And I, th- I think there's different ways to do it. I'm not saying that I was raised the right way or that you were raised the right way. Um, but it was similar in that, like, I went to public school. There's plenty of, I mean, there's great case and, and gr- like, I'm, it's great if you're homeschooled or you're in private school or Christian school. But I, I grew up with parents just saying, yeah, you're going to be light in the dark. So he's like, it doesn't start after high school. It doesn't start after college. Like, we're going to do this now. We're a family. Uh, and as a pastor's kid, we're building church. And so I had friends that they weren't raising a faith-filled family and inviting them to church as a kid, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy because, you know, my dad – when you say like the light and dark, my dad really did know the dark side of things. So that brought a balance. I mean, he grew up like my parents' story is like the classic, you know, good girl, Christian girl and bad boy with an attitude. My dad was like the partier drugo dude cruising around in his fast cars. But, um, you know, my mom was like, if you want to date me, you need to know Jesus kind of thing. So that kind of changed his life from there. But, that's crazy. Did he grow up telling you about the things that I, I think about this as a parent and you'll think about it too, like how much do you open up to your kid about the things yeah. that you've done or who you used to be before Jesus or. Yeah. I think over time he, he did, especially as I got older, you know, sharing the stories and we joke about it and have fun and stuff. But um, yeah, obviously he wasn't telling me about all the crazy things he did when I was like six years old. Yeah, but yeah. as I grew up, he, he kind of shared things and yeah, it brought a lot of light to me. Yeah. <laughs> and where are your parents now? They're back here. So yep. um, our whole family is in the same country for the first time in like 10 years or so. Um, Cause my brother, we all kind of moved back here gradually. My brother moved back first. Um, what does he do? He is a real estate agent yep. uh, in Albert Lee, Southern Minnesota. Yep. He's got a wife and kids. And then um, I moved back and then my parents and my sister moved back at the same time. So, and you're the youngest of three. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, but when, yes. When you were growing up, um, sorry to interrupt. When you, when you were growing up uh, in regards to faith, I'd love to hear this. Like, again, I, I relate to this because I grew up. With, as a pastor's kid, grew up in the church um, and m- meet a bunch of people, different different experience. Did you grow up loving church and loving the Lord? And it was just, it's just always been a part of your life. And you've, I mean, not to oversimplify, but just like you've been on the straight and narrow. Like I'm just like, like I'm living for Jesus and I love it. This is amazing. This is what I'm doing the rest of my life. Or what was it like growing up faith-wise, like personally to you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I feel like something in me kind of carried that childlike faith, you know, throughout my life where I, even to now, to some degree, I still have that childlike faith, or at least I like to think I do. Yeah. Um, but I, I never really like had moments of doubting God or anything. Yeah. I know that's a huge part of a lot of people's story. Um, but I feel like in the opposite sense, it's a huge part of my story that I didn't have that or I didn't go through that. Yeah. Um, I just never really thought too much of it. Like, yeah, bad things would happen. I would go through things, but I never blamed it on God or anything. I was life. It was people of the world we live in. Yeah. And I think I was able to do that because I grew up, you know, being aware of the world, but also knowing how to respond to it yeah. uh, with the word. And just because my dad would like feed that into our lives every single day, like in the morning, in the night, um, you know, scripture, prayer, everything. So like family devos. Yeah. We would always finish dinner. Yeah. And my, my dad would be like, Hey, uh, can't leave the table. Like it was, we, we were taught like to ask, may I be excused, you know, like from the table, yeah. like not yet. We're doing yeah, family same. devos, you yeah. know, it's like bring out the Bible or whatever devotional thing. And it was like, yeah. like we couldn't sit through, we couldn't sit through 15 minutes of it. Like we we're always getting in trouble. Like, right. like quiet, like we're doing family devos. Yes. 
It's like, everybody shut up. We're talking about <laughs> Jesus. Yes. And you're going to like it. No. That's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's how I'm going to raise my family, uh, for sure. Like, raise, yeah. them, raise them here about Jesus and, and stories in the Bible yeah, and all that. Good. So, man, it's crazy. Like, I, I um, your, your upbringing is so unique, and the family life that you've had is so unique. Do you remember a moment in your life where faith became your own, or has it always just been like, this is just who I am, and this is who, what I've been a part of? Uh, like, a moment where you gave your life to Jesus. Yeah, Um I mean, I gave my life to Jesus from a very young age um, and committed to that. There was, you know, like a time in my life, you know, after I left home. So I grew up in Wagga Wagga. I went to high school there. You know, eventually. I'm never going to get over you just saying that. I grew up in Wagga Wagga. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. I'm probably going to get criticized by friends for my accent, but. Um, like Australian? Yeah. You're saying you don't yeah. have the Australian? Yeah, How do they say it? Um, a bit. It's just more of a twang, like Wagga Wagga. Yeah. yeah. I have an Australian Smooth. accent. If I want to, I can pull out my Australian accent. Nice. But uh, I just never for the, really. For the rest of the interview, do that. No, yeah, people are more entertained by my Australian accent, I feel. Amazing. They get yeah. disappointed, though, when I have an American accent. <laughs> no way. Sounds great. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Wagga, went to high school. I actually got my Australian citizenship, so I'm a dual yeah. citizen. Um. I had a really close group of friends there, um, but just like a normal teenage life, a little bit rebellious, a little bit not rebellious. But yeah, um, but faith was always it was always real for you. Yeah, it wasn't like it, you weren't doing it like running from God or saying like no, live my own life. It's just yeah, it's just growing up. Yeah, but it did come to a point where I was like, you know, I want to take the next step for myself, and yeah, um, you know, no longer be like relying on someone else for my relationship with God. So I actually went to Hillsong College in oh, no Sydney. Way. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, I met a few people who live here now while I was there. You know, Mariah Brink was actually yeah, totally. the same yep. intake as me. Um, but I did TV media while I was there. Yeah. Two years there or one year? I just did one year yep. actually. Yeah. Um, but I went and did Bible college so that kind of like launches into the whole next part of my story. Yeah, is that where you started doing film and like getting interested in that? Or was it before that and that's why you went into TV media? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up with a passion. Um, well, I always knew I wanted to do videos. So I think it started on the mission field. My dad would take photos. Yeah. Um, and there's the photos he's taken are crazy and, you know, some of the stories from that. I mean, he's told me the story of in Guatemala, you know, he had his film cameras and he was taking photos. There was like some invasion on a city or something um, from the officials, like yep. the officials. Um, like government. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was there and he took some photos um, on his film camera and he got held at gunpoint and they like no. forced him to hand over his film and they like smashed his camera and his film in front of him because they didn't want pictures released of it or anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah. She doesn't of, have those photos. No, Just not those photos. Story. Yeah, that would be cool. But um, yeah, tons of stories like that. But my dad, you know, would take me to movies a lot as a kid. And with that and those stories, I just kind of like fell in love with the idea of media um yeah. and i loved going to the movies and i was like one day i'm gonna make videos or make movies um so i that was like really young probably like eight or nine years old yeah um and i never let go of that vision really so in high school um i took a photography class because that's what was available to me yeah um and i just like started taking photos started experimenting so I started with photography yeah, um, and I still do photography now as like a more of a hobby than anything. Yeah. I do a lot of like landscape, um, well, I'm sure wildlife stuff. I mean, as talented as you are in the videography world, can you, I mean, are you, do you, are you open to doing photography stuff professionally or, or, or do you do, I do it or just um, more hobby? So, I mean, I made a decision like a couple of years ago. I tried to make like a concrete decision that which you know, route are you going to take? Yeah. And I decided that photography is going to be my hobby. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep it like pure 
and just do it out of love and passion. Yep. And while filmmaking is still that, it's also my career. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be my moneymaker. That's going to be, you know, what I put my most effort to during the week. And um, that's interesting, like, because I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that that have multiple skills. And do I want to just pursue one and like become a master at that? Do I want to be a jack of all trades? But in making that decision, which one do you love more? Because you said, I, I want to keep photography pure. Yeah. Like, and so that's your hobby, which to me says like, I love photography so much that I don't want to mix it with the business and doing stuff that, that like be, I don't want to become less passionate about it, but at the same time, like videography, because it's your moneymaker, that's probably what you do more. Yeah. So, yeah. So which one do you love more the hobby or yeah, know, I guess, what you um, your career on? I mean, it's classic answer, but I love them both for different reasons. Yeah. Um, I'd say I love filmmaking more because that's what, you know, came out on top, but, yeah. um, it really just depends on the projects because there are certain things that I'm, you know, super fired up about yeah. um, or other things where it's just like you do it because it's a job. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love them both for different reasons. Photography for me, it's, I do landscape and wildlife photography because oh, that's, awesome. because that's like a, that's where I'll find peace in it. Like yeah. when I'm alone out in, you know, the wilderness or the mountains or, yeah. um, I've done quite a bit of work actually for Minnesota zoo recently no way. for just like animal portraiture and stuff, which I love. Like there's so much you can do with that. Um, wow. but, but I do photography professionally on occasions. Like if somebody yep. will ask or if it comes up through Instagram, cause that's kind of how I'm reflected on Instagram. I have a gallery of, yeah. you know, landscape and stuff. Um, Instagram's not necessarily the best platform to share filmmaking. So yeah, it's a little different in that sense. Um, but yeah, I do both photography is my hobby and filmmaking is my career. It's awesome. Um, so, so at Hillsong college, you are going to TV media, spend a year there. And obviously at some point you're processing, what am I doing next with my life? Yep. Um, and was, was going into, vocational ministry because that's bible school was that like processing that do i want to be a filmmaker at a church um or yeah. do i want to go out on my own yeah so i mean for a while i faced this conflict of like you know wanting to serve the kingdom um yeah. but also just wanting to make cool videos and yeah. make like things that i was pumped about so um but i also you know had this personal desire to get closer to god you know, on my own track. So that's where Bible college came in. Um, cause I got to do both at once. That's yeah. the amazing thing about Hillsong college. They have creative streams. Um, so, you know, shout out to Hillsong college. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, but so I did TV media. Um, and that's really where I learned the foundations of filmmaking. So I took, yeah. you know, the camera knowledge, technical knowledge from photography and applied that, learned the basics of filmmaking. Um, but also grew stronger in my faith and, um, my relationship with God. Um, but yeah, so from there is like kind of where it launched into the next chapter of my life because there was like some pivotal events that actually brought me to the States here. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I like, as I'm thinking about your story, it's like you grew up in Australia you're at a great college. You could stay there the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, you got to plenty of friends. Uh, yeah. Sydney's a huge city, like major city. Yeah. So you go work for an agency or start your own thing. Um, and you move back before your parents. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're like, I'm, uh, how, yeah. How do you make that decision to move to Minneapolis? Yeah. Leaving your family and question, where you grew man. up. Yeah. So, I mean, this is something I feel like could help you know, other people and I'll be yeah, as great. vulnerable as I can through this. But, yeah. um, so, you know, during Hillsong college, I met someone, um, and was in a relationship with someone and I'm the kind of person that like, when I love, I love fast and I love hard. Yeah. So, you know, I fell for someone while I was there and there were signs from the beginning that it was not like the right relationship for me. Sure. Um, but I just like held on to that and pursued that because that's what I thought I wanted. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, you're in love. You fell in love. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at Bible college and um, I'm with this person. And I, for all I knew, like things were serious. Um, and I actually, I grew up with them and well, I always thought to myself that I was never going to leave Australia. This is my home now. Yeah. I had like a, a small group of, you know, really close friends um, who I'm still close with. But um, I don't know. I, I just didn't have the desire to leave. I was really happy there. Um, I'm happy here, too, just yeah. to clarify. But yeah. um, so I met I met somebody there. And then, you know, towards the end of my first year of college, um, she all of a sudden just like decided that she was going to leave and come back to the States because she was from here. She was, yeah. um, and from Minnesota or yeah. no, she was from Ohio, I think. Okay. Um, but she, yeah, she just left. And as she left, like I found out all these things that, you know, kind of said that she was not the person that I thought she was. Yeah. So, and I share this because, you know, it's kind of that decision. So during that relationship, we had talked about like, okay, like you're going to have to go back to the States eventually. Um, and then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll move there with you. Yeah. I'll move there for you, you know, at the end of college. Um, and so it got me into that mentality of like, okay, I can leave this place and go see what's in the States. Yeah. Um, and that'll be my purpose there. Um, and then she left and it was like, just kind of a shock. And I was like, it was like, as I'd already made plans to, yeah. to come back here. And I was, I was already preparing that. Yeah, your heart had already turned from Australia yeah. thinking we're moving back. Yeah. It was literally within like a couple of days where she had bought a ticket back here without even telling me. And like, she told me, um, on one day, you know, that she was leaving and then she was gone the next. Wow. So I was left like empty handed and, and um, in that conversation is like, are you saying, wow, you, okay, you bought a ticket. I didn't know that. And, but you're still like, I'm, I'm, I'm making plans. I'm coming with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, being the person I am, I tried to hang on. I, um, yeah, totally. I tried to be like, okay, well I'll meet you over there. But, um, you know, she just wasn't in that place either. So, because she was not the person that she had said she was. Yeah. So, so it just kind of, you know, I tried to do like distance for a while, um, but you know, it just didn't You're trying to make it happen. Yeah. Didn't happen. So then, um, and she left before the year had even completed. So I was still at Bible college. Um, and I had put so much of my time, you know, into that relationship and stuff. So I can't, I felt kind of alone because I, I hadn't spent enough time, you know, forming friendships and things like that while I was yeah. there. So she was gone and then all of a sudden I was like, you know, just there wandering. Yeah. So, um, I finished college. Um, I graduated the, the year and then I was kind of just like asking God, I was doing a, a worship session actually. Um, and I was just asking God, like, what do I do now? Like I've already, I had all my eggs in this basket and yep. now there's no basket kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but honestly, the it was the clearest I've ever felt like God has spoken to me. Um, and he just said, like, I brought you here. Just, like, keep going. Um, and so I felt like he was telling me, like, to go to the States anyway. Yeah. Um, because that's what I had to go through to get into that mentality. Yeah. To, to shift your heart. Yeah. Like for where God wanted you yeah. to go. Yeah. It took an extreme amount of pain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot that would change me, but you know, love is one thing that would. Yeah. And so he knew that he, and, and I don't want to say like God puts you through pain, but he sees your uh, yeah. pain and he, he he takes you through that and he uses things for your purpose. Yeah. When I think about that, there's the story in the Bible where Jesus is baptized and it's yeah. like this epic moment where, uh, he's baptized. And as he comes out of the water, the Bible talks about, you know, God, the father says this 
this amazing thing from heaven over his son. Then this dove comes down and descends on Jesus, representing the Holy Spirit. Right. Like, awesome, awesome moment. And it's like the next verse says the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, you know, mm -hmm. and it was 40 days of being tempted by the devil, you know. So there's that, that sort of epic moment. It says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Right. And I think sometimes, uh, again, I'm not saying God does bad things to us just so that we can grow, but sometimes we are led into difficult moments yeah. because God does want to put greater character, greater strength, um, greater perspective into our lives to do exactly what he created us to do. Yeah. This is what it sounds like. The Holy Spirit led you through that situation, not that he did that to you, but led you through that situation so that you become who you are today. Yeah. And I'm assuming to eventually meet your wife. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So then that's the next thing. Like I, I followed that call. Um, obviously I wasn't going to Ohio now, but, yeah. um, I had family here in Minnesota. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well I'll take this step. Don't know what I'm going to do or why I'm doing it, but I'll go and be around family a little bit. Yep. I originally was just planning on like, you know, I'll go there for a year and yep. see what happens and then come back. How many years ago was that? Um, that's probably like four years ago four now. Years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, so I came here to Minnesota um, with nothing lined up, <laughs> nothing yep. to do. Um, but I came to here, spent a little time with family and then, you know, life was happening. Family's got to keep doing their things. So yep. I was living with my cousin out in Minnetonka and, um, it was actually like the middle of winter when I moved here. Yep. So moving from Australia summer to <laughs> Minnesota in Minnetonka in winter, um, didn't know anybody. Yep. Um, I didn't have a vehicle or job <laughs> or anything. Um, you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty much I was like, what the heck am I doing yeah. here? Like, God, why, why did you tell me to come here? But, you know, literally somebody gave me a car within the first month. No. Um, yeah. In the middle of winter, somebody gave me a car so that like, I... Like, did you ask them for the car? Or they were like, hey, I just feel like I'm supposed to give you this car. They, well, they knew I had the need for it. Yeah. Um, I didn't ask for it, but they yeah. just gave it to like, me. Yeah. Done deal. Yeah. Wow. Um, so then I, I had that car that I could get to a job. I started working at... Actually, Mariah Brink connected me with the job that she used to have at a golf course, yeah. Rush Creek. Yeah. Um, so I worked out there as a server for a while. And then um, I actually found a job at a church um, as like the, the media director. Yeah. So I did that for like a year. And that job, well, I kind of just skipped over a lot of stuff. But yeah. so within, so somebody gave me a car and then like, after like a month and a half of living here, I met Lanny, my wife now. Yep. Um, and this is a fun story for you, but we met on Tinder. Actually. No. Yep. Tinder what are success the story. Tinder works, people. Tinder success story. Yeah. Let me just clarify. This is the this is earlier in Tinder days when it wasn't quite as sleazy or didn't have that yeah, reputation. Yeah. Listen, you'll never catch me on record telling anybody to download that app. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Even with I this know. story. <laughs> so the story is. Um, I was watching Jimmy Fallon cause yeah. I had nothing else to do. And I watched Jimmy Fallon yeah, Jimmy's all day the best. and he was making jokes about Tinder Yeah, and I was like, that looks funny. Our looks. So I got it. And then, um, she was watching the Super Bowl with all her friends yep. and they all got Tinder as like entertainment while they watched the Super Bowl. No. And, um, we both actually, we only had it like a week, each of us. And we both went on one bad Tinder date and it was no. bad Tinder date. Let me tell you. No. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, second time we are both of our second date was each other and we met them at the mall of America at Starbucks. And it was like, this is the best story of all time. <laughs> and it was wow. like, um, uh, just, just, I was just interrupt the place I'm not going on a Tinder date is the mall of America Starbucks. <laughs> well, I figured, you know, that's a public place. I didn't know where anywhere else in, yeah, yeah. in Minnesota to go, but yeah, you're not um, trying to die on this Tinder date. No, yeah. no. She was not a murderer. turns out she's, yeah. she's amazing. Um, she's the mother of your child. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so we, and 
sounds weird to say it, but you know, God worked through Tinder because yeah. we, it's crazy how much, um, how in sync we are and just like yep. how good of a match we are. Um, she's like more than I could have ever asked for. And it's like, I'm just so blessed to even have had that matchup in my life. Um, the opportunity to meet her because I never yeah. would have. Is she from Minnesota? Yeah, she's from Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Grew up here. Um, but yeah, so that was like just over a month after I moved here. Wow. And then we started dating pretty close to, you know, right after that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had a car. I had met her. And then shortly after that, I got a job at this church um, yep. that I was able to you know, as a media director doing what I'd been trained in, what I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and I learned so much, you know, during my time there, um, just because there was a demand for things and I maybe didn't know how to do it, but I had to learn because, yeah. you know, I had to get it done. So I learned so much just from that, um, in leadership as well as, uh, you know, technical, you know, filmmaking work. Um, and yeah, so that was amazing. Um, How long did you work at that church? Uh, just over a year. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got connected uh, with Harvest Film Company um, doing like some part-time editing. It was just wedding videography at the time. Yeah, just helping out with yeah. weddings. Yep. So I did um, editing for Harvest for a while and then that relationship kind of grew stronger. Um and so did you I, go full time before you bought it or was yeah. buying it you that's when you left the yeah church. i went full time before so josh crable was the previous owner yep. of harvest pastor now, uh, josh crable pastor josh crable i love pastor him. of grove church yes. yeah 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 he's and grove amazing. church is amazing yeah yeah he's amazing um their whole family but we connected really well um obviously his heart was in ministry um yep. and so we kind of connected at the right time where i was able to you know, gradually take that load over of wedding videography. As they were planting growth. Yeah. Yep. And actually, I almost forgot this, but there was a time between working at the church and working full-time with Harvest where I was freelance. Yep. Um, and just doing like some... So like step out in faith, like I'm done at the church. Yep. I'm going to try to survive on my own. Yeah. So I was just doing like um, commercial work mostly yep. for a couple of small companies, um, you know, whatever I could. And then... Um, I brought that on to Harvest when I came full time. Um, and so that kind of launched the commercial side of the business as well as wedding. And then the business kind of grew that way for like a year or so. And then, um, you know, Josh and I both decided that it was the time for, you know, me to buy out the company and, you know, take over as the owner. Um, and so that's how it happened. Very natural. Um, just a great process, but yeah, we've no, kinda, it sounds awesome. When, when did you take it over as owner? Um, I actually late January of this year. So it hasn't been 2018 January. Yep. So it hasn't been too long. Um, what's it been like since you took it over? Um, are you still doing a lot of weddings or yeah, weddings are like our, you know, bread and butter kind of thing. Yep. We shoot a lot of weddings. Um, we've had some, some great, you know, features and stuff lately so that we're the wedding stuff is going really strong. I think we have 40 weddings this year. No. Um, yeah. So it's like every weekend. Yeah. Or you have, some weekend. you have multiple. Yeah. We have multiple weekends. Um, we have a small team. It's like six people or so. Yep. Um, but yeah, we do a ton of weddings, but, um, and the commercial stuff has actually been nonstop as well, which has been awesome. Amazing. Um, yeah, maybe what's uh, just over the last couple of years at Harvest, what's what's a couple of projects that you've really enjoyed? Um, most recently, the the my work with Pulse was, yep. um, that was just such a fun job, but also... The event at U.S. Bank Stadium? Yeah, for that? yeah Pulse yep. Twin Cities, but also, um, so we did the promos for Pulse Twin Cities, yep. um, as well as uh, Together 2018, which is going to be in Dallas yep. later this year. We did the promo for that. Um, those are some awesome jobs to work on, um, just cause it, it was such a huge movement. Um, but as well to, you know, have that creative freedom and, you know, seeing some of our work like up on the screens at us bank stadium yeah, was really massive, cool. Massive. Um, 
Yeah, there were 40,000 people at that event. Yeah, it was amazing, yeah. It's crazy. And um, yeah, so a lot of work with Pulse in the past you know, year, just preparing for that event. Um, but we've also done, you know, some work for Duluth Pack recently, which is really fun. Um, and Penny's Coffee. We do a lot of work for uh, Local Crate, which is like a local. I don't know what that is. It's kind of like Blue Apron, like a local. Oh, sure. But it's all local ingredients. Food, food delivery. Yeah. 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 Um, we started working with them like when I was freelancing, I did. So I yeah. brought them on as a client and um, they've grown a lot since then they just launched like nationals now they're in california they're going into new york um but they're in chicago as well as minneapolis now but so that's been a huge opportunity we've been traveling like the past three months to grow with them yeah so we do like um chef feature videos kind of like chef's table kind of stuff yeah um with them so they're probably one of our biggest clients at the moment they're in target now as well they just launched in there so how, yeah, how does that work? What are they doing? At they Target? have like a, it's like a in the fresh section, the fresh food section. They Got have it. like a, a boxed meal kit that oh, you yeah. can pick up, and it comes with like a tutorial video of how to do the recipe. You made that video? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like a, if it's a that's what I'm doing for lunch today. Nice, yeah. <laughs> they actually feature local chefs as well, so like yeah. you know chefs from restaurants here in the Twin Cities or yep. wherever it is. So we do like chef feature videos of them as well, but yeah. Um, yeah, we do all kinds of work, really. I mean, we've been doing music videos. Um, you know, we've done some corporate work. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Dude, that's awesome. And so you're on it. You got six people. Um, what What are some of the things, like, down the road for Harvest that, I mean, do you have a dream or, like, uh, I don't want to say five-year plan because I think that that's, I mean, maybe it is five-year plan, but, like, things that you're dreaming about for the company of, like, how you want to scale or grow it? Yeah, I um, I want to be able to, like, I want Harvest to be a creative hub where it's not just, you know, providing for me and my family, but, you know, other creatives that, um, you know, are looking for that connection. I want to be able to connect with people and continue to grow our capacity. Um, like, I don't want to get to the point where I'm just like, oh, my capacity is full, like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah instead of saying that I want to be like, okay, like here's an opportunity to grow and empower other people as well. So, um, I think I see that happening with harvest, um, as well as just like the commercial side of things, growing our clients, um, and just getting better at my craft all the time. That's my main goal is to increase my quality of work. Um, and I don't know how I'm going to do that, but, I yeah. just keep doing things. Keep growing and, and yeah. Yeah. Probably by getting like opportunity or job that, and to do something that you don't know how to do. Yeah. Just like you were doing at the church. Like I got to figure it out. Right. Yeah. And most of the time I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> but yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah. But I just do it and I figure it out and I learn. Um, and I love got, that because I, I th- people feel like that all the time, but I think that's also how God works in our lives. And that's yeah. how we expand our capacity is stepping into things that are uncomfortable or feeling like we're in over our heads. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't want to live a life that I go, yep, I know exactly what I'm doing. This is, I've got it all figured out. No. You know, like a life of faith is a life full of things that are like, I, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Yeah. Where's Make the it fun happen. In that? Yeah. I'm not qualified for this. I'm right. for sure. Like if they knew who I really was, they would never ask me to do this. Yeah. Um, but that's like, that's again, how we grow our capacity. Yeah, for sure. Um, with, with, um, filmmaking and building business and all that, how does like, how does faith play into that? If it, if it, if you feel like it does at all, I mean, you are who you are, which is awesome. I think that that's just powerful enough in and of itself. Just you being who you are, loving the Lord, leading your family well, and just being a person of good character and, you know, moral compass. I think that that sometimes that that would get discounted in the sense of like, well, are you, are you sharing your faith with all your clients? You know, it's like, I don't think you have to do that to be light in the dark, but how does faith play into, um, yeah, harvest film co and lean your team. And yeah. So, I mean, something that I kind of figured out for myself, you know, while I was at Bible college or over the years, I think there's, 
you know, in the Christian world, um, I feel like there's a misconception that if, if you have a gift, you have to use that uh, within the church yeah. and like within those walls. And while I don't like dishonor that or anything like it, use your gifts for the kingdom of God for sure. I also think that like God gave us gifts so that we can, you know, live our best life and be an influence, you know, elsewhere as well. So, um, and so that you can provide for your family and so that you can, you know, live a life that you enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everyone is unique and everyone's different and we each have this skill set that we've been given. Um, and I feel like you don't always, I want to, like I say this carefully because I'm not at all trying to like say it as recklessly as possible. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So I think, you know, use your gifts outside of the church as much as you do inside of the church. I think it's a powerful thing. Like, um, regardless of if it's creative or not, if you're good at, you know, talking, um, go out and meet people and talk to them that way. If you're good at like administrative stuff, like assist the church, you know, where you can, but also go out and do your job well. Yeah. Um, you know, God wants you to be prosperous, like make money for your family and be generous because that's, you know, the best thing you can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, faith has been a huge, a huge thing in my life. Again, just growing up with that, like, um, on, I don't know if this is a word, but on doubt of like, um, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a story that, you know, we were planning to go on a missions trip in Vanuatu, which is a small Island country, um, off the coast of Australia. And we were planning to go, it was going to be like a two week trip. Um, we were going to meet with some of the villages and the kids and like, um, just minister to them there. And, you know, it came down to like a couple of weeks before and we didn't have the money to buy the tickets to get there. Yeah. Um, so my mom like sat me down cause I was so excited about it. My mom sat me down. She's like, you know, I don't think we're going to be able to go this time. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't have the money for the tickets. And I just like looked at her confused. I was like, what do you mean? Like we always go like it, it always happens somehow. And I was just like, we're, we're still going mom. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And that same day, somebody came to our door and gave us an envelope of cash for that exact amount to buy the tickets no. to go on this trip. Did they know that that's what the cash was for? Or they, they didn't, just felt, yeah. we hadn't spoken to anyone about the missing trip. Um, yeah. because I guess they didn't know what was happening. I thought that amazing. That's crazy. Yeah. There's so many stories like that. I, at least there is at least we can take all day if you want to tell all this. (laughs) There's at least like four times I can think of where, um, money showed up in our mailbox just because people, yeah, it was, uh, and that was normal to me. Like I just thought, I don't know. I didn't ask questions. I was like, yeah, God provides like there's money. Let's be generous. Let's use it. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's crazy. I, th- I, I think it's awesome that God used you, the son to speak faith into your parents. Like, Hey, yeah. we're not gonna be able to make it happen. Obviously now that I'm a dad, I think about that, but like, I would love it for my kids to be the ones that are like, Hey, it's going to be all right. Like we're right. gonna make it. Like that's essentially the parent's role. Like I think about it, that's my role. But if my kids have more faith than I do and believe in anything's possible with God, like that's to me, that's like good parenting. You know, right. it's like so it affirms your parents uh, good parenting in your life uh, to just have the faith that God can make it happen. Yeah, yeah awesome. exactly. Yeah. And I think that's carried out, uh, you know, throughout my life that that faith um, that lack of doubt Some people, you know, may call it naive. Even my wife sometimes is like, how can you just like sit back and think everything's going to be okay? Um, I don't know. I just, I just do. I I just feel like 
you know, God's been faithful this far. Why wouldn't he in the future? Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I think for sure you have the gift of faith, like not just you have faith in something, but like, I believe in the Holy spirit that he gives gifts. Like, and I, I believe those gifts are active today. I know different people in faith have different views on that, but I think the gift of faith is this, this feeling or, this assurance that God's saying it's like, you're going to make it, you're going to have, like, it's going to come through or whatever. And in certain moments, like it's, it's more pronounced than others. And in that moment, like with the mission strip, like to say to your mom, like it's going to happen is gift of faith. And then it happens, you know, like, so yeah, I'm a huge believer in that. And you have that, you know, so I, I, I feel similar in the sense of my, so here's a quick story is my wife was going to go on a mission trip to Brazil and we didn't know how we were going to make, uh, get the payments for that. Like, and I felt this faith rise up in me saying to her, like, I believe God has called you to go on that trip. And it's this weird feeling like it's going to happen. Like God's going to make it happen, whether through like a supernatural gift or through, I, I literally felt like, or if we have to sell whatever we have to sell to make this happen. I just Mm -hmm. know that God's going to take care of it. So don't even worry about Mm -hmm. the finances. And so we started making payments. It was a $4,000 trip. I mean, like, like we don't just have 4,000 sitting around for that, you know? So, um, we started making payments and I'm thinking, man, what are we going to sell to make this happen? Um, and somebody came up to us while we were at church on a Sunday and said, Hey, I know you're going on this trip and we just feel called to pay for it. You know, somebody paid for it. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I attribute a lot of that to, you know, living a biblically generous life where yeah. um, that's another thing I grew up with, like constantly in front of me. And I think that, you know, is a part of why I have faith is because I've seen the generosity in my parents and, um, you know, I try to carry that through. Is that, is that how you're leading your family or your desire to just, I mean, what's the journey of generosity for you? What does it mean for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do my best. I mean, I'm, I'm a believer in tithing. I know a lot of young people now might see that as old school. I don't know. Um, but I believe, you know, tithing in, whether that be in your church or just like, you know, giving to, you know, God's work. Yeah. Um, and he does increase that tenfold. Like yeah. it's, it's no joke. Like there's been times where, you know, I've gotten stingy and I've been like, you know, I can't afford to give this yeah. month or something. And then from that point, it just gets harder and harder. Yeah. And then, or at the very least, like more fear, anxiety about finances yeah. creeps in. Yeah. But then the second I'm faithful, uh, in my giving just a little bit, you know, it increases tenfold. And I, you know, it just like my dad, there's another story. My dad, um, there was this one time we all, all the three kids, uh, pitched in and bought him like this really nice watch. Like it probably wasn't that fancy, but at the time it was like all the money I had went in because we wanted to spoil him because he, he deserved it. Um, so we bought him this like really nice watch and, we went to some like church conference or something like a a month or so later and he loved his watch. Um, and he was wearing it there and we were there and he just felt called to give his watch away to somebody. And we were all there like, dad, what are you talking about? Like we bought you this watch. Like we put all our money into this. And that moment stuck with me so much because it was just like a, such a, reflection of what generosity really is because not only for him was he giving away like something that he loved and it was a watch like it's not changing that person's well maybe it did but yeah maybe it did um but it's not like you know he was paying their way to go you know on a mission trip or something but he gave him a watch but the fact that he gave that away and we all saw that it was just like he wasn't tied to his you know possessions Um, and it was just like, a. it wasn't, he didn't even think about it. Like it was just a, a pure act of generosity. Yeah. And, you know, I think seeing that, 
um, has carried into my life where I want to do that when and where I can. Um, and I'm still learning how to do that. Yeah. Like it's, it's not easy for sure, but uh, man, I think you're doing it so well. <laughs> like just, yeah, getting to know <laughs> you a little you, bit and hearing your story. I think, uh, yeah, the way that you're living your life, uh, being light in the dark, living, living in this world and making a difference, but also doing excellent work. Um, everything that Harvest Film Company does is, is incredible. And I think that that's why weddings keep knocking on the door and, uh, corporate opportunity and, uh, commercial work is, is happening. You, I mean, you saying it's nonstop. I think it's cause you do. I love seeing people that love the Lord, but they like their, their excellence factor is like, still 10 out of 10. Like, like, I don't think we should be less than that. And so you do great work, but also just in the area of generosity and faith and how you lead your family. Um, man, I think it's awesome. And I think you're going to be a great dad, like hearing some of these stories uh, about your parents. Um, and also, uh, yeah, just who you are today. I think you're going to be a great dad. And so I'm stoked for you entering this new phase of life as a parent as well. And you got a lot of plates spinning, but, um, it seems like you spin them really, really well. And, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy nine months. (laughs) I found out, you know, we found out Lanny was pregnant. Then a few months later we bought a house and then I bought the company. So we've been moving, renovating a house, preparing for a child, taking over a company all within the past, uh, nine months. So you're an adult, man. I know it's full-time adulting hard, man. Yeah, It's amazing. It's crazy. Hey, uh, uh, as we wrap up, I, there's two questions. One would be, what's your favorite book of all time? If, if you have one, uh, it could be, I mean, it, it can be anything except the Bible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge reader, but yeah, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Um, but if you want me to choose a book, there's a, a book called story, um, yeah. by Robert, Robert something, I forget his last name, yeah. but it's basically um, about writing stories, script yeah. writing and stuff like that. Um, that's a really good read. Otherwise, I get into film and music magazine. Yeah. That's probably my biggest yeah. read. Awesome. Um, huge inspiration there. Um, otherwise, I listen to some some good podcasts. Yeah, name a, name a good podcast. Well, if you love a good murder mystery, I love Up and Vanished. Up and Vanished. Um, yeah. And then there's a, uh, it's actually a friend of mine does like some of the voiceover work on that podcast. Yep. Um, but then there's one called mythical, something mythical. Yeah. <laughs> this is not helping anybody not, right now, but <laughs> we'll have it in the show notes. Yeah, it's we'll like it mythical stories of just like Viking stories and crazy things that are completely yeah. untrue or, or legends. Yeah. I think it's, it's myth, myths and legends. It's what it's yeah, called. Got it. Um, but I just love like pure imagination or like, you know, getting into the crazy things that people thought were true, but yeah. it's awesome. Oh, amazing. So, uh, second question is if you had, if you had one piece of advice for anybody that's following in your footsteps, maybe it's the film world. Uh, maybe it's just as a husband and father, um, or, or a small business owner or cr- young creative, uh, well, yeah. What would you tell them? Uh, maybe they're younger than you Yeah, kind of taking the same, walking the same road as you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 23, so I feel like I have a lot to learn yet. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the best I can give to anybody out there is like, despite from your, you know, professional pursuit or or whatever, like in your relationships, even though like I may have experienced heartbreak, like I would still encourage you to love and love hard because, you know, God works through you um, and works through that to get you where where you want to be. And, you know, my wife is incredible and I'm so you know, blessed to have her in my life. Um, but then also on the professional side of things is like, just go make things. <laughs> like yeah. that's honestly how I, um, have gained some of the experience I have and have grown in my creativity. So much of my work sucked like really early <laughs> on and it was just like terrible yeah. stuff. But 
I just kept making stuff yeah, and keep making stuff. kept learning things. Um, so just make, go make every day um, if you can. Um, and just learn from your experiences. Uh, yeah, and and do it with faith. Like, yeah. so what if something bad happens? Like, yeah. you, you figure it out. Like, life goes on and yeah. you, you learn. If something bad happens, use it as inspiration. Go make a yeah. cool film out of it or um, write something, yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't know. No, I think it's great. Love and love hard and just keep making stuff. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Dude, it's awesome. Well, JJ, thanks so much for being here today. You killed this, bro. What an amazing story. Honored to be uh, here, Amazing life. And yeah, you're 23. Yep. You got a full life ahead. Uh, but just hearing who you are, you and your wife, uh, I already said it, but I think you guys are going to be amazing parents. Thank you. Uh, I'm, yeah, believe in the best for Harvest Film Co., that it keeps growing, that you have just the craziest opportunities ahead, that you get to see more of the world uh, through your craft. Um, and I'm just believing that as you continue to live your life, that there's... I, I just think that there's going to be a ton of young people that come behind you um, that see how you live your life and are inspired to do the same thing and live the same way. Uh, I hope so, so. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here. Thank we love you, man. man. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere else podcasts are found. To stay connected with what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at Exception Podcast and visit our website at exceptionpodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Tuesday. If you know someone who's an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Shout out to our producer, Tissel, and my name's Kirk Graham. Until next time, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace. Peace.